This is a Willits Point Shea Stadium bound 7 express train. The next and last stop is Willits Point Shea Stadium. Subway to Shea podcast, Anthony Rivera here with you talking about all the news and happenings surrounding that team from Queens, the New York Mets, episode 103 from the Subway to Shea studios in my office. A huge thank you to Gary Mack for joining me last week. Make sure to check out his show, Mets Musings, with Gary Mack on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcast. On to this week, and like I said, it's episode 103, and I have another great guest for you because joining me now is Greg Larnard. Greg hosts The Word with G on 95.3 FM ESPN Chattanooga from 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Monday through Friday. Not only is Greg a huge Mets fan, but he has the unfortunate pleasure of having to cover the Atlanta Braves for ESPN Chattanooga. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Greg, what's the word, my friend? There is no pleasure in covering the Braves down here. <laughs> Trust me. It's uh, my first year down here. They win the World Series, and I'm like, does this get any worse? Uh, I mean, at least I put a little money on them because I could tell that they seem to be sort of a team of destiny. They had things rolling in the right way in 2021. And so at least I made a little bit of money. But the saddest thing that I can tell you here, Anthony, and we'll only go up from here, is that in my lifetime, 33 years of age, I was born in 1989. I have seen every single NL East team win the World Series in my lifetime, except for the Mets and the Marlins have won it twice. So let me let me one up you there, because I was born November 14th, 1986. So I didn't even get any joy in seeing this Mets World Series. Well, you know, honestly, like if you had been born just like a couple of months earlier, you still wouldn't have gotten any joy. You could say (laughs) I was technically alive, but I'm months (laughs) or weeks old at that point. So I guess it doesn't really make a difference. I mean, I would have I honestly would have rather been born after it. So in my lifetime, I could I I wouldn't be able to say I've seen a Mets championship because honestly, you wouldn't have seen a Mets championship. You would have just physically been alive for it well it's perfect to have you on this week with the braves coming into town on friday they have a four game set we're going to preview that later on in the show let's get right into some of the top news to happen over this week met fans the last time we talked the mets had just swept the a's and we're heading into the heart of what was the dreaded west coast trip and the mets exceeded expectations i gotta say although they lost the last two games of that trip they did go seven and three and this is you know with three-fifths of the rotation being out in Verlander, Quintana, and now Carrasco, which we'll get into in a little bit. You had the Max Scherzer suspension, which is we're also going to talk about. And they really don't have a closer. You can do the closer by committee thing, which they've been doing. And the offense is struggling to find consistency. How do you sum up what we saw on this trip? Amazing. Just simply amazing. They went eight and three in that West Coast swing. It was outstanding what they were able to do. They were able to take advantage of 
a Dodgers team who was a little bit down at this point to start the season. They don't have the same set of t- type of rotation at this point. And, you know, talking about the Giants, it is a little disappointing. You get the first two games of that series. Giants are a little bit down as well. Obviously, you run into the buzzsaw. That's Logan Webb on Saturday. And then you have a real good chance on Sunday to win it on Sunday Night Baseball, the bright lights, the pop and circumstance, all that good stuff. And unfortunately, you go to Drew Smith and uh, he fails to kind of get the job done there late in the bottom of the eighth inning. I probably would have gone with Adovino at that point, but who am I to question Buck Showalter, the great Buck Showalter? But it was a great road trip and uh, now just kind of looking forward to, to getting home and hopefully beating up on the Washington Nationals. You know, I've heard a lot of talk about, you know, bringing in Drew Smith on Sunday. A lot of people upset with Buck for doing that, obviously because Robertson and Adovino had had off since Wednesday. Uh, now, I'm trying to get into Buck's mind here and thinking, was he keeping them out because they didn't have the lead yet? Did he want the lead first? And then it's kind of locked down Robertson, Adovino. And, you know, you, you go with, you know, obviously it could be that, Drew Smith is kind of a wild card, but he has been pitching well. I'm trying to get into the mind of of Buck here. What do you think was his decision-making in that process right there? Honestly, probably just like the matchup of Drew Smith, but at the same time, as you mentioned, those two guys with Robertson and Adovino hadn't pitched in a couple of days. And, you know, you've got two of them for a reason. Use one of them while it's tied. And then if you, you know, you, you go through the nine innings with it being tied, hopefully if you bring in Adovino there, you keep it tied. And then if you go to extra innings, instead of wasting Robertson, you know, still when it's tied, you go to Smith. Then hopefully he's able to hold it. And then if you get the lead at some point, then you go to Robertson. Or if he gets in a tough spot, then you go to Robertson. That's probably what I would have done. I guess I didn't get a chance to listen to Buck after the game, you know, with what he said and, and how he answered all those questions. But, you know, maybe you just like the matchup with Drew Smith. You mentioned Drew Smith had been pitching well, so you kind of throw him out there. But the bullpen can be very finicky, as we both know. With, it doesn't matter if it's the Mets or anybody. And we'll talk about the Braves here. And they have big problems in the bullpen. Just a little foreshadowing for you. But, um, um, yeah, it's probably what it was. Smith had been pitching well. You just kind of roll him out there and you hope for the best. And unfortunately, it didn't work out for the Mets. I don't usually, you know, recap game by game. I know that could get, obviously, that could get boring. So I do a little bit of takeaways, some of the big headlines. And we'll start off with, with the bad and the big news that came out through last week. Uh, Max Scherzer getting suspended with the uh Sticky substance, uh, put the Mets in a sticky situation, no pun intended. Uh, so, you know, he gets this 10-game suspension. You had Phil Cuzzy, who was the one who was doing the checking at first. Uh, then the crew chief came in, Dan Bellino. Phil Cuzzy has been the only umpire so far to have ejected pitchers for the sticky stuff. He's done it three times already. Uh, crew chief Dan Bellino said, and quote, this was the stickiest a hand has been since I've been uh, inspecting hands, uh, which goes back three seasons. It was so sticky that when we touched his hand, our fingers were sticking to his hand. Now, Greg, you played baseball. What do you make of this this whole situation? Uh, do you agree with the umpire's ruling? Look, uh, obviously he got suspended for the 10 games, and he's not fighting it. So something had to happen. I don't know if you watched the broadcast last night, but David Cohn went through and basically did an experiment with the rosin, water, and maybe some alcohol, and his fingers were literally sticking to the baseball. So there's something there. Now, does Major League Baseball need to maybe monitor this situation a little bit more? Probably. But this, the pro- where I have a problem with it, where we talked about it on our, my show, was 
you had a Major League Baseball official after they checked him, said, hey, your stuff is a little sticky. You got to go wash your hands off. Okay, you had a Major League official go down there with him because the umpires aren't going to go down there with him. He goes down there, you wash him, you watch him do it. He does it. Then you check him the next time and you throw him out of the game. I'm, we have to just get on the same page. There has to be better communication between a Major League Baseball official and the umpires. There has to be some correlation there. The, the communication, the whole process to me was where things went awry for me but clearly he was doing something you know there there was some sort of agent that was used whether it was the alcohol whether it was the water and the rosin or the sweat i don't i don't know but if they're telling you you can use sweat which is natural that comes off of our bodies and rosin which is what they give you then things should be fine i mean i don't understand what was so different about this whole situation with max scherzer but something probably was incorporated a little bit differently in, into that mix i don't know exactly what it was but again the fact that scherzer's not fighting and the fact that buck wasn't going buck wild makes me believe maybe the wily vet was doing a little something extra there i mean he said he swore up and down that it was just sweat and rosin sweat and rosin maybe major league baseball needs to look at what the combination of sweat and rosin really does it's kind of surprising to me at least that they didn't go through that process while the whole spider attack and all the sticky stuff you know last year two years ago whatever it was was going on but um yeah something was going on there it was a little bit too sticky and scherzer got banged with the 10 game suspension so it's unfortunate but you know it, it kind of is what it is and the fact that scherzer's taking it i think sort of speaks volumes but it's just the communication aspect that's a little off for me yeah it just doesn't seem that there seems to be a set rule on this and even with the whole thing with D domingo herman they asked him to wash his hands you can clearly see the umpires saying i told you to wash your hands he stays in the game the manager from the twins gets tossed you have this situation where scherzer and, you know, it's just weird because, you know, Phil Cuzzy's been the only one to do this. Also, I mean, you mentioned the whole thing with David Cohn. A few days earlier, prior to that game, Max Scherzer was on this show called Foul Territory with A.J. Przinsky. And, and my man was, Scott Braun, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And I've and had he him was on the show a couple times. They were talking about the whole, you know, sticky substance. And, and you know, it's tough to tell the difference between rosin or an illegal substance. And that was his issue. Also, you know, doing it all in front of the crowd and not going into the dugout and handling the whole situation. So I don't know. To me, it just, they're just it just doesn't feel right. It just feels weird. Obviously, if he did something that terrible, yes, you, you give him the suspension, you take him out of the game. I don't know. This one is just weird for me. And if it's the stickiest you'd ever seen, I don't know why they didn't just toss him from the beginning. Yeah, I guess they were trying to kind of work with him a little bit, give him a little bit of a warning saying, hey, look, like, go wash your hands. If it's at, you know, Scherzer even talked about it. He's like, I knew they were going to check me the next inning. I'd have to be an idiot to use something illegal the next time they go and check me. But I don't know. This whole Mets rotation right now is just, uh, it's just really bad. You kind of laid out um, some of the injuries and some of the things that they're dealing with. I, I just saw something pop up that said Verlander is, you know, on his way back. I know he threw a sim game over the weekend. What are your thoughts, just for me to ask you a question, on where the rotation sits right now? Because it's really getting tested. And for me, coming into the season, and the worry was with the older pitchers. And now we see, you know, obviously Verlander, you know, not healthy to start the season. Scherzer not an injury, but he did this. Carrasco on the IL. I mean, it's just... 
It, Peterson's not been super effective in the starting rotation. McGill was okay yesterday, but he's been good other than that. What are your What is your general census or your general thoughts on on this bullpen and or excuse me the starting rotation and how it's going so far? Yeah, the rotation's my biggest concern, even more so than the offense. I mean, obviously the offense is going to have its good days, it's going to have its bad days, but slowly and surely you're seeing the issues that this rotation is having, and this kind of goes back to that 2021 season where most of the rotation was hurt. Now, obviously, the bullpen pitched so well up until post-trade deadline. And then it was so tired and exhausted, it fell apart in August, and the team fell apart in August. So I'm worried that something like that is going to happen. If Scherzer, you know, Scherzer fought this whole thing during the game, and I was just wondering, maybe if he just, you know, washed his hand, like we wouldn't have lost him for two games. A, a little part of me is upset with him for, you know, him knowing the circumstances, knowing the dire need this rotation is in to kind of you know, get himself into that trouble, whether it was intentional, most likely not intentional, but with the struggles that this rotation has been having, guys can't getting past the fifth inning has been a struggle. We saw Kodai Sanga, he's, you know, good for four innings. He struggles in the fifth inning and, you know, he barely made it out. And the only one who to give us any length at all was Joey Lucchese and they just brought him up for seven <laughs> yeah. innings. I was so excited to see a pitcher get into the seventh inning. All I've been asking for has been six inning. Give me yeah. six, and then the rest of the bullpen can take care of that. But getting out of the fifth, uh, Tyler McGill couldn't get to the fifth. Tr David Peterson can get to the fifth, but he has Steven Matsitis and, and is having a hard time, you know, adjusting into the rotation. He's good a start. He's awful another start. This this rotation is going to struggle, and and they really need Justin Verlander back. Hopefully, he can be healthy. And then you you know you sit and you watch and hear about what Jacob Degrom's doing. And I never wanted Jacob Degrom to leave. I and even when they sign Justin Verlander, I was still not fully hundred percent in it because you know Jake's our guy and all, but. You know, you can't look too far into the past about that stuff. But yeah, the the rotation has always been my biggest concern over the last couple of weeks, even more than the offense. Do you feel the same way? Is is the rotation more of a concern to you than the offense? Yeah, I'm not too I'm not too concerned with the offense right now. I know the catcher spot's been struggling before Francisco Alvarez hit that home run last night. That they the Mets catchers hadn't had an extra base hit all season long. I know Omar Narvaez was supposed to be the guy, but then he got hurt. Tomas Nino, we know him. He's not an offensive threat whatsoever. You know, Francisco Alvarez is going to have to be the guy. Right now, it seems like he's a little bit overmatched, uh, you know, where he's at in his development. So I'm a little bit nervous on the catching spot right now, but I'm hoping he'll figure it out. Dude's only 21 years old, so he's got some time. The rotation is definitely where I feel the most shaky, a little bit nervous right now. Like, it's it's prom night and I you know still have my V card on me you know basically I'm I'm a little shaken at this point but they'll figure it out you got to have Verlander and Scherzer healthy and I'm not so I'm not so panicky right now because it's the beginning of the season I'd rather these guys kind of take their lumps maybe not make all their starts in the beginning of the season if we can kind of hold our heads above water till the second half of the season that's when we need these guys in their their older age i know they got their aarp cards and whatnot but you got to get these guys to the end of the line it's not so much about how you start it's about how you finish so 
if Joey Lucchese can come out there and shove for seven innings and, and show, throw me the curve and all that, like I'm happy. I just, I got to get the ghost slider back or ghost fork ball back for Kodai Senga. Look, I'm not worried about the offense. Uh, Marte just came back uh, yesterday. Pete's been hitting bombs left and right. Even though Lindor is not hitting for a high average, it still feels like he comes up with big hits consistently. So and look, Nimmo is amazing at the top of the lineup. I'm, I'm all for, they have a lot of veterans. Hitting kind of comes and goes through streaks and whatnot. So I'm not so concerned with the hitting. Again, I'm more concerned with the starting rotation. And the fact that these two, and, and McGill and Peterson can't grab one of these rotation spots because they've been struggling more so David Peterson to the point now where if Joey Lucchese has you know another two or three good starts and is pitching deep into these games David Peterson might actually be the odd man out and I wasn't thinking of that at the beginning of the season I actually thought that this was the biggest opportunity for David Peterson because I know he's got good stuff we've seen it we've seen it in the past and to just see him struggle like this it's very unfortunate I'm pretty sure it's frustrating him you know Tyler McGill has been this April guy and has struggled you know post April but you know he pitched against the Giants and he pitched against a tough Dodgers team and nobody was beating Clayton Kershaw on that day the Mets have not beaten Clayton Kershaw ever in the regular season so I can't fault that game on him yesterday's game frustrated me a little bit because the Mets gave him a lead and he quickly gave it back but uh you know no one has been able to grasp one of these rotation spots especially with the injuries that have been happening and uh, if that doesn't happen if these guys continue to struggle I'm I am seriously worried moving forward and instead of going after a bat at the trade deadline they may have to go after a young you know rotational piece to bring into this team because besides Lucchese filling in they have what Jose Buto and you yeah, know as, as well as he pitched in Oakland you know still it's you know that's not going to cut it you know when you have these guys need these guys for the postseason and I think that's why uh, Scherzer decided to take this suspension now instead of fight it because if he did, he did the appeal, it could take a while, and he may miss a couple of very important series. And, and you know, every series is important. But with the way the Mets have been playing right now, he'll only miss two starts. So uh, let it be when it comes to the Scherzer suspension. You mentioned the offense, and let's get into that. That's probably one of the more brighter spots. It's crazy to say that, but you know, you have Brandon Nimmo and Pete Alonzo continuing to lead this offense the week that we saw from Brandon Nimmo. I'm going to try to pull this up if I can, Mm -hmm. uh, some of his stats here. And, uh, here we go. Let's, here we go. Okay, here we go. Ah, there we go. And you just look at what he's done so far, um, this season, uh, 350 batting average, Two home runs, uh, 13 RBIs already. I think he has these three stolen bases is the most he had last season. So for him, that that that's pretty huge. I mean, seeing what we've seen from him in his career, he's not really that steel base type of guy like a Jose Reyes used to do when he was leading off. But, you know, the on-base percentage at 455, OPS 955, he is having quite the start to the season. And and just over his last, you know, seven games, 15, seven games, batting 452. I mean, what do you make of what we've seen so far from Brandon Nimmo? I know it's still early on in the season, but did you ever think that Brandon Nimmo could be this good, especially with the his defense? It's getting better and better every day in center field. He's making some highlight play. Yeah, I love that the Mets were uh, 
were had the foresight to say, hey, look, he's one of our guys. We kind of brought him up throughout our system and with our team and in our organization. And we rewarded him for all the hard work that he's put in. Honestly, I wasn't sure if he was going to be a guy way back in the day when they were, you know, kind of bringing him up. It was like 2013, 14, you know, 15. He was kind of in the mix a little bit in the minor leagues. And they weren't really sure what we were going to get out of Brandon Nimmo. And um, so it's good that they were able to to pay him and he was able to, to, to perform and do what he needs to do. And it's it's an incredible start. But and the, the big thing that stands out to me, I've got, I'm looking at his statistics right now. And the one number that stands out to me is 10 strikeouts. He's been able to keep his strikeouts down, putting the bat on the ball, getting on base. You mentioned the 350 uh, average and the stolen bases. What a revolution. This dude has speed. Now that we have expanded the bases and whatnot, he's able to uh, to, to get some steals and make some things happen. So real excited about B, uh, about Nims and what he brings to this, this organization. A perfect example of a leadoff hitter and love that he continues to get better and he works on his craft and his defense. On top of uh, Brandon Nimmo, you have the continuing evolution of uh, Pete Alonzo. Uh, the dude continues to mash and in big spots too. I mean, you look at mm-hmm. him over the last, you know, 15 or so games. I'll even bring up his stats right now. Uh, Pete Alonzo has just been hitting home run and it kind of on that pace that, you know, Aaron Judge was on, right? I mean, Look at him, 267, 10 home runs so far this season, 23 RBIs. His on-base percentage, you know, 347 OPS, 958. I mean, the guy over the last, was it 15 days, 288, six home runs, 15 RBIs. Uh, he's got to cut down on the strikeouts. That's something that worries me and has always worried me about Pete. And uh, especially when he's had such a hard time laying off that you know, outside slider to the dugout. He seems to always bend over and try to swing away at that. But if he can limit the strikeouts, like he had that run uh, last season where he was hitting the ball all across the the field, kind of reminding me, and I don't want to, I don't like doing comparisons, but I always thought that, you know, he was hitting the ball when you hit, see him hit the ball opposite field. Always remind me of Mike Piazza, man. That, that dude would hit, spray the ball all over the place for doubles, home runs. Uh, Your thoughts on Pete Alonso's start an approach at the plate uh, you're right he does need to cut the strikeouts down a little bit and and he does need to lay off the high fastball i think he's done a better job at that but what i love about pete's swing and you know we've talked about this off the air but i, I coach an 11 year old team and that's one of the biggest things to one of the biggest things to to really that i look for in players is their ability to make contact with the ball and then push all the way out through it and extend through the baseball and pete does that just about as as good as anybody in in major league baseball on this planet does it and that's why he hits so many home runs is because he gets to contact and he continues to push all the way out through the baseball. That's been super impressive to me. We know how strong he is. He's coming for that Aaron Judge home run record. I can't wait to see how this season unfolds for him because he is just a dangerous, dangerous power hitter. And yeah, cut down the strikeouts, but he's scored a lot of runs. He's hitting a lot of home runs, not a lot of doubles right now. I hope that'll come as the power continues to go, but only one double on the season. Love the 10 home runs and the 23 RBIs. You know, also, he also continues to, you know, improve it with his defense. Every time he has like some major error at first base or even when he's hitting, when he has like a, a big strikeout, he's always seeming to improve himself. And I really like what I've seen from him defensively every year as he continues. I, I could see him possibly being at some point a gold glover. Same with. Uh, Brandon Nimmo and if Brandon Nimmo continues to play the way he is he might win one this year and I tend to 
gravitate to these three players in Pete Alonzo, Brandon Nimmo, and Francisco Lindor when it comes to who could possibly be the next captain post David Wright. I think Lindor gets hurt by not being a homegrown Met. I think that kind of hurts him. But he he's shown the leadership quality as well. Keith wasn't. Keith wasn't, but I don't know. Keith was a lot different, man. He was a uh, he. He turned this organization around, kind of a la Buck. You know, I, I just I don't know if I feel that way about Lindor. It was kind of like how how um, how Piazza turned the franchise around. Yeah, when he came over. So I, I get what you're saying. I was just kind of making a funny point there. But to me, if you're asking me who deserves to be a captain on this team, it would be Pete. Pete feels like more of a captain and leader. Than, than a Francisco Lindor does. I'm not saying that Lindor's not a leader, but it just feels like Pete, this is like his home. He takes a lot of pride in being like a New York Met coming up through that system. And it, it just seems like he deserves to have that C on the chest. I, and I, I do agree with some things that Lindor can be compared to, you know, Keith Hernandez. You've seen, you know, him going to the mound and talking to the pitchers and, you know, being the leader on the defense. I do feel that that's uh, the biggest comparison to uh, Keith Hernandez. I just, you know, when that team was coming up in 83, they didn't have a, you know, Pete Alonso on the team. You know, they didn't have some of these other guys, uh, Jeff McNeil or, or you know, Brandon Brandon Nimmo's on the team. They, they had a lot of minor players, but Keith was that, you know, that superstar that, you know, started a new era from them. I don't I don't know if I feel that way about Francisco Lindor, at least yeah. not yet. No, I'm with you on that. I, I don't feel it from Lindor yet. But look, the fact that he, you know, wanted to be here and commit, we've committed all, all that money. Like, I'm happy for it. And I love some of the things they bring to this team. But like I said, I, I'll ride with Pete. He, to me, he deserves to have that C on his chest, and and he's kind of one of those guys like a Keith Hernandez, like a David Wright type of guy. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And you know, who knows? Maybe we'll get something like uh, 1988 when they had co-captains. Never know; they might change it up this Maybe. time around. Maybe. Maybe. Once again, I'm here with Greg Larnard, host of The Word with G on 95.3 SPN Chattanooga from 12 to 2 p.m. Monday through Fridays. Greg is a diehard Mets fan that has to cover the Braves down there in Chattanooga. We're going to get to the Braves in just a moment. But the Mets have a quick three-game series this week with the Washington Nationals, who are currently in last place at 7-14, and 14, six and a half games behind the Braves. Not going to get too much into this series, but I have to agree this is a series kind of like the one in Oakland, where the Mets need to come out, assert their dominance, and sweep the net. They, I, I, There's no other way around it, especially when you have a four-game set coming up with the Braves. You're looking at the pitching probables right here Tuesday, Josiah Gray versus we don't know yet so it may be jose buto it may be a bullpen game slash opener uh wednesday mackenzie gore versus kodai senga and thursday trevor williams an old friend versus joey lucchese no doubt the mets are going to need some length at least from the last two starting pitchers uh because we may be getting a bullpen game on tuesday so there's uh you know these games are going to be grueling and the four game set awaits the mets against the braves the braves are 14 and 8 half game above the New York Mets just got swept by the Astros losers of four in a row what is the feeling coming out of Atlanta right now well I know the feeling for me is that this bullpen is a problem you know the starters are amazing you know Bryce Elder's done a fantastic job coming in and filling in within that rotation and 
you know, obviously Ian Anderson was, they wanted him to be part of this rotation. He goes down and needs Tommy John and that wasn't good. And, um, you know, look, having Max Fried back, Spencer Strider has been outstanding. He's one of my favorite, even though I don't like the Braves, he is one of my favorite dudes to watch pitch. He's just so effortless and has such great stuff and shoves when he gets on the bump. Um, yeah. He's on my know. fantasy team. So <laughs> I got there that go. strider going. Yeah. Yeah. He's fantastic. But uh, look, the offense is super complete. I love their lineup. They're super deep, you know, obviously adding Sean Murphy and getting Ozzy Albies back and Acuna is looking like the Acuna of old before the ACL tear. And, you know, they had a couple of injuries, obviously Michael Harris, uh, the second isn't going to be there. He's uh that's a big loss for them in center. And then uh, Darno as the DH slash catcher, whatever you want to call him. He had been hitting well, but, you know, we know as Mets fans, he always finds a way to get hurt. And that's not, you know, not surprising to us. But the big (laughs) thing is the big thing is the bullpen for the Braves. And that's what should concern the Braves fans most, because uh, they they just continue to throw up on all over themselves. Uh, You know, without Rasul Iglesias, they're kind of like the Mets right now, missing their closer. Not exactly sure when we're going to see him uh, again next. But if I'm Alex Anthopoulos, and I said this today on the show on Monday, um, that I'd be looking to try to acquire somebody out of the bullpen because all these just veteran retread, giving them an opportunity back from a major injury type guys that they have in the bullpen, it's not cutting it. A.J. Minter's been leaned on way too hard. And obviously, again, without Iglesias, he's had to shoulder more of the load and he just hasn't been able to carry it. So the bullpen is the biggest thing for the Bravos right now. The starting pitching, the the defense, they made a lot of errors uncharacteristic of themselves over the weekend, but uh, they're still trying to work in Vaughn Grissom at shortstop because Orlando Arcia got hurt as well. He had nice start to the season so I feel bad for him getting three-year contract down here in, in Atlanta but um yeah they're they're a really good team this should be a fun series I wish we had our horses for it like Verlander and maybe Verlander will get back maybe he will there's an open slot on Sunday maybe he'll pitch against Morton I don't know uh we'll kind of have to wait and see how that works I hope he makes the uh, the start and it's disappointing Scherzer won't be there but you know you got to go out there as you mentioned take care of the Washington Nationals assert your dominance you're the better team beat them down at home and and then welcoming the Braves with open arms coming off of a sweep at the very least two out of three. And then, hey, go to battle and, and hopefully you're able to at least take three out of four from them at home. Hey, you mentioned uh, losing Michael Harris. He was a huge part of that run last season, as well as uh, Vaughn Grissom, and they didn't have Vaughn Grissom to start the season either, so it's really hard for the Braves offensively to get rolling, you know, without those two who who provided so much in that, you know, huge historic run that they had to come back and take the division from the Mets last year. You mentioned Russell Iglesias being out and and the bullpen struggling. It's kind of like the two opposites. Their starting pitchers are good, the bullpen struggling, but the Mets, you got the, the starting pitch just struggling but a good bullpen speaking of you know the Braves and 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 the struggles with the bullpen you know you got two back-to-back four game series which I I don't know if I've ever seen uh like this uh coming up with the Marlins and the Mets and the Marlins I think they they have a good record this season as well I have maybe two games above uh 500 but they're sitting yeah, they're in third place and 10 right now yeah yeah and, and they're not a team every year. They're not a team to take lightly. I mean, they like to spoil and they do it so well. So this is going to be a a tough week for Atlanta. And if they are not careful, the Mets could overtake them, but the Mets have to take care of their own business as well. When it comes to the uh, Washington nationals, Uh, do you see this taking a toll on this roster as is right now for the Braves? Braves? Yep. Um, Yeah. Look, the, the Marlins, as you mentioned, are a good team. Sandy Alcantara is going to pitch on Wednesday. He's obviously a, a stud on the mound. They've got some good pieces, but again, the Marlins are the Marlins. It's not late in the season yet. The Braves can't assert their dominance. 
it's against the, the, the fish. I'm not super concerned about the Marlins here for the Braves. Honestly, to me, they are one of the best teams in Major League Baseball, despite getting swept by the Astros over the weekend at home. They've been uncharacteristic at home this year. Not a really good home record, which is surprising because generally they're very good at Truist Park. They'll flip that around at some point and uh, they'll, they'll take care of it. But look, back-to-back four-game series, you're right. There is no rest here. That's what might take a toll on them, as you alluded to, uh, that they've just got to go from, you know, at least they're staying home, but then they have to travel up north to the Mets. Uh, that might take a toll along with playing as many games in a row as they're playing. So, yeah, I could see this potentially taking a toll. And at the very end of, of the weekend, look, they have to go right into another series. Like, they don't have an off day until Monday, May 6th. So, like, they are going, 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 going. That is that is probably going to take a toll on them. I hope it takes a toll on them going up to New York. It's so weird how they set up these schedules this year. The Mets have only been home for six games this season, and yeah. and the rest of the way, their schedule favors them when it comes to home and road. They, I think now they're it's like 10 game difference right now. They, they've played so many games on the road and thankfully they got this West coast trip out of the way. That's my least favorite trip of the year. I hate staying up so late uh, for these games. I thought now with the whole new, you know, the pitch clock thing that that would shorten the length of the games. Obviously the first game in Oakland, that game went past three hours and I was like, I, I, I can't yeah. do this anymore. I, I just can't. What do you want to see from the Mets this weekend against the Braves? I want to see them go out and just say, hey, look, we might be a little down right now, but we are here to compete as a team that is going to be a force to be reckoned with all season long in the National League East. So the Braves have won however many titles in a row in the National League that they've won. Was it five or six at this point? Growing up, you know, we, we both saw them win, what was it, like 12, 14 straight division titles. Uh. Like It was just atrocious. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking for the Mets this weekend to say, all right, let's take let's let's take it to what could potentially be a tired team in the Atlanta Braves, having to play so many straight games in a row, having to travel up to New York, and just say, hey, look, we're at home. We haven't been at home that often. It's our home cooking. I'm sorry about my dog. He really wants to go out right now. But the Mets need to assert their dominance this weekend and hopefully be able to take care of the Atlanta Braves. Before I let you go, uh, he, you know she's excited for the series this weekend as well he is yeah he is he's very excited or he just has to pee real bad i don't know either one but he, he'll, he'll be all right i ain't gonna keep you for too much longer but you know on social media you do post about being a met fan so do you get any pushback from the braves when you uh cover i w- do you get any pushback from being a mets fan when you oh, have yeah. to cover the braves absolutely like i i, I had uh, i met a buddy down here when i first moved here and he told me he was like when he found out and he's a braves fan he said his buddy's a, more of a braves fan than he is he was like and maybe not more but he was just like look this dude can say or do whatever he wants but just knowing he's a Mets fan I probably will never like him I don't get too much (laughs) criticism while I'm on the air I always try to sort of be as as you know critical of the Braves and fair with the Braves as I possibly can be in covering them um but I don't hide the fact that I'm a Mets fan and you know I I try to be as fair as I I can be but yeah there are some Braves fans that are like once they found out I was a Mets fan they want nothing to do with me but I did go to a Mets Braves series uh, game you know uh, last year at Truist Park and I do have to I do have to say the Braves fans were very gracious the Mets beat them and um and there were a lot of people saying, hey, great game. Like, you guys played really well. You're playing well this year. Like, they were very complimentary. And maybe it's just because they just lost. And maybe it would be different if they had just won. But 
very complimentary, and I was very surprised about that. Well, before I let you go, as I know you got to get the dog out there to get get a walk out going, uh, let everyone know what you're working on and uh, where they can find you on social media. What you got coming up with uh, content wise? Sure. Uh, you know, as you see right below me down here uh, at Greg Larnard on all social media platforms, and as you said, Ant, right off the top, you know, the word of a G. If, if you want to listen to anything that we do or anything along those lines, check it out. It's Monday through Friday, uh, noon to two on ESPN. ESPNChattanooga.com. You can download the ESPN Chattanooga app. Or if you don't want to happen to tune in, it's during the middle of the day. I get it. People are working and whatnot. You can always search us on any of your major podcasting platforms. Just search the word with G and you can find hours, you know, on hours. We record every single hour. You can listen to the entire hour. Or, you know, a lot of the times I'll grab standalone interviews that are good and I'll post those up separately just so you don't have to wade through the entire hour. But, uh, and, man, it's been a lot of fun coming on here. I, I appreciate you giving me an opportunity. It's nice being in Braves country and being able to talk about the Mets. I, I can't thank you enough, my man. Oh, man, it's awesome having you on. And we're definitely going to do this. Uh, uh, definitely going to do this again. Uh, so I can't wait for the next word with G on Subway to Shea. Appreciate you, my friend. You take care. Thank you. You too, Ant. All right. That was Greg Larnard, host of The Word with G. Catch him on 95.3 FM ESPN Chattanooga from 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern time from Monday to Friday. And that's going to wrap up the show today. You can follow Subway to Shea on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Subway to Shea. Listen, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Turn on your notifications to never miss an episode of Subway to Shea. You can rate the show and leave comments comments for me to review let me know what you like what you don't like i want to make this show better each and every week so go on apple Podcasts, rate that show leave that review and don't forget to follow my work for rising apple rising apple's a new york Mets site on the fan side and network and you can read my articles by going to risingapple.com make sure to follow rising apple on twitter at rising apple blog and the fan sided network at fan sided if you enjoyed watching this on YouTube, please leave a like and leave me comments there as well. I want to hear from you. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so you can get all the notifications and updates for this channel. Can't thank you guys enough for listening, tuning in. Thank you, everyone. And uh, for Anthony Rivera, you've been listening to the Subway to Shea podcast.